Good morning, and welcome to our Chief Learning Officer podcast, Voices of CLO. I'm Ashley St. John, Chief Learning Officer's Editor-in-Chief, and it's my pleasure to be here today for a conversation focused on coaching with our special guest, Judy Whitcomb, Senior Vice President of Organizational Strategy and Effectiveness with V. For anyone who's not familiar, V is a high-end retirement community developer, owner, and management group based out of Chicago. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you all for joining us along our new podcast journey as we hear from the movers and shakers in L&D who will be sharing their stories, their successes, their setbacks, and what's top of mind as we move forward into the future of learning and work. If you've got questions or an idea for someone who would make a fantastic guest on one of our upcoming episodes, I encourage you to shoot us an email at editor at chieflearningofficer.com. Again, that's editor, E-D-I-T-O-R, at chieflearningofficer.com. And without further ado, I'd like to jump right into it and give a warm welcome to our guest, Judy Whitcomb. Formerly V's Chief Human Resources and Learning Officer, Judy oversees and drives V's organizational effectiveness and strategy. She supports and acts as a thought leader to V's executive management team and senior leaders. And she identifies people, process, and culture interventions to elevate V's organizational capabilities and business impact. Um, she also oversees V's succession planning, executive development, and change management efforts. She joined V with more than 25 years of experience in a variety of HR leadership roles, including a 19-year career at United Airlines. And she's also um, a longtime member of our CLO advisory board. Welcome, Judy. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Ashley. I'm thrilled to join you today and and, uh, looking forward to our discussion. Yes, me too. I know we really want to focus our conversation around coaching today, but before we jump into it, let's talk a little bit about your own professional journey and your role within V, your current organization, um, and how you've navigated to where you are today in your career. Yeah, that's a a really great question, Ashley. You know, gosh, I've had a 30 plus year career and um, prior to coming to V, I had spent 19 years of my career working at United Airlines and in so many different roles, um, marketing, operations, human resources and learning. And all throughout my career, I had great mentors and coaches. And so as I continued my journey through human resources and learning, I always came back to learning and development. And so back in 2007, when I had this opportunity to join V, I I had the opportunity to build up a ground up learning and development department. And uh, one of my first realizations in that role was the fact that we had so many employees that didn't have the same opportunities as our senior level leaders in the organization. So um, I spent my first couple of years really looking at, you know, how do we offer learning and development programs for all levels? And in our company, we operate two separate businesses. We operate a hospitality side and a healthcare side. And, you know, how do you offer learning and development opportunities for for housekeepers and cooks at the same time, nurses and sales professionals and accountants. And so um, I was really committed to ensure that every employee, regardless of their role, had opportunities for for learning and development. Um, A few years after I had been in uh, the chief learning officer role for B, 
I was asked to oversee the role of HR and learning for the company. And I maintained that role until last year. And I, I made the decision to transition to a role that is fo- focused strictly on organizational development and organizational strategy. So I get the great opportunity to spend about 65 to 70% of my job coaching every day. It is the most fulfilling part of my job. It's the most uh, fulfilling part of my career. So that's where I'm at today and how I got to the role I am in at V. I do a lot of work outside of V for coaching, for -for not-for-profits and other organizations, but coaching and employee development are my North Star. I really enjoy it. It brings me energy every day. That's wonderful. That's so nice to hear. How did you... How did you sort of get your start in coaching? Like what was, when did that begin? Yeah, you know what? Um, I think we've all had, it's interesting. We've all had through our lives. I, I think about this, like when I was growing up, you had, you know, baseball coaches, football coaches, coaches for choir, coaches for, for theater. And, you know, I had great coaches at United, but not that formal role as a coach. Mm -hmm. Um, After I left United, I went into financial services. And I would say my first toe in the water was when I attended some training through the Gallup organization. It was called Great Manager Training. And then I attended Gallup Strengths Coach Certification Program. And so that was my first exposure to a formalized coach program. Throughout my career, I had taken classes around training, around coaching, how to be a better leader as coach. But my first formal training happened with a Gallup organization and it was focused on coaching people to their strengths. It was something completely new to me. And I got really excited about it to the point, um, I was working in financial services at the time you know, I, am, I, I decided that we needed to have every employee that joined the company participate in a Gallup Strengths Assessment and a coaching session, because I thought, what a great way to connect with people, understand their motivations, understand what they bring to the table, their strengths, their non-talents. And so my, my formalized coaching training went back to about 2004. And then throughout my career, I've continued to participate in different programs with different organizations to continue to refine my coaching practice, my coaching strategies, and my competency and being a fluid coach. So I don't stop. I do that every day. I'm always looking for opportunities to be a better coach. That's amazing. It's crazy. 2004, i 18 years ago, it does not feel like it, but so you've been, you've been doing this a long time. Jumping into my next question. Um, many organizations have historically invested in coaching for their executives. Has this changed? And what are some of the benefits of expanding coaching across an organization and what options might organizations consider? Yeah. Um, actually another great question. I feel like when I started in HR and learning and organizational development. I call it a thousand years ago. When you <laughs> executive coaching, most people when they talk about coaching, they say executive coaching or your manager coaches. But you know, um, if you look at a lot of publications, you look at a lot of research, they talk about the benefits of executive coaching. And over the years, and, and in particular the last couple of years, 
I think we we see the value of of offering coaching throughout the organization. And I, I referenced my experience at a financial services organization where we made the decision to offer coaching as soon as someone started really to understand their career aspirations, what motivates them and helping them identify their path and working with their manager to set them up for success. And so I think over the last couple of years, and I think part of it's a dynamic of, you know, the environment we're in, the pandemic, all the challenges people face with us. I was working from home. Now I'm working in the office. Should I change careers? I believe more and more organizations are are looking at expanding coaching. I read about it all the time, expanding coaching to all levels of the organization. And, and, you know, it can be done in a variety of ways. You know, first of all, it never hurts to um, invest in your, your leaders to be better coaches, right? Some of the coaching training that I've been through, the techniques that you use to be an effective coach, you can teach managers to be better leaders as coaches, right? And so there's that aspect, putting emphasis in that, that can apply whether you're virtual or whether you're face-to-face. But there's also an opportunity now, there's so many platforms out there, like on-demand coaching, um, that if you know, you're an individual and you, you want to coach, you can go on and there's a number of organizations out there that you can look at for coaches, look at what the coaches' specialties are, their backgrounds, is there alignment maybe with your background? And, and so coaching is now being really driven and can be driven down to the learner's level. So there's, there's that platform. And in, in some cases, it's more economical for people. They can invest in it themselves. I've also worked with other organizations that have taken a, um, that I know of, and I, I, I have colleagues that work in that have taken a progressive approach to coaching as part of a employee's annual learning budget, development budget, giving them dollars to say, hey, do you want to spend this on coaching engagement and allowing them again through one of these different services out there to select a coach and and develop that coaching relationship. And so the benefits are huge. It solidifies that relationship with the employee right when they start if you're offering coaching at all levels. It shows a commitment to an individual's career, and it creates that stickiness in employment relationships that so many companies are struggling with right now. You know, we've got the great, you know, um, everybody, everybody is is rethinking their, their careers. And so a coach can help with those things. So I think there's a lot of options. And I think over time, we'll just continue to see more learner, coachy driven choices, as opposed to top down in the organization. And the more that organizations can support this and and make it organic and provide employees resources and choices, they're the ones that are going to be the ones that win, you know, in, in the, in the talent war right now. Absolutely. So I know that you're involved in a number of coaching engagements and programs, particularly geared toward women executives, including Next Up. I'd love to learn a little bit more about this and how they support women in their careers and and in their personal growth. 
Yeah, I, I, another great question. There are so many great organizations out there that support individuals, support women. I had the um, unique pleasure, and I, I'm extremely grateful for being invited to participate in Next Up, which was formerly Network of Executive Women's Rising Stars program. This is my second year working with Next Up. It's an amazing organization. I mean, Next Up is is focused on providing women and and there are men in the program as well. We have men coaches, male coaches, and we have women coaches. What, what I especially like about that program, and again, back to what I said before, coaching is not limited to executives. Um, the program that I am supporting this year and I supported last year was called Rising Stars. And I had the honor of working with eight women, um, next up is a not-for-profit um, but I had the opportunity to work with eight women last year where most of them, this uh, was their first opportunity to work with a coach. And they had the benefit of participating in a 360 degree assessment. They had the opportunity to participate in, a, in another assessment. Then I, I had a particular cohort of eight women that we got to get to know one another, share experiences. But then they took that 360 and they took the coaching experience that we had together and they focused on a development plan that was augmented with a very robust development program last year. Last year it was done virtually. This year they're giving participants an opportunity to participate in the program virtually or in person. But what I love about that program is number one, it supports women at all different levels, right? You don't have to get to that executive level. You have the opportunity and a lot of organizations nominate their, their employees to participate, their leaders in this program. They get the coaching experience, it's accessibility. And then they get the development experience. And then on top of it, they get to work in a cohort with women that have similar experiences. After our, our program in June, we set up follow-up sessions with a group and they talk about their experiences among themselves and what supports them, what kind of help they need. It, it, it's just a phenomenal opportunity. Again, what I like about it, it's all levels. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's other groups that I've been involved in. I do some not-for-profit coaching, you know, pro bono. Another group that I belong to is Chief. It's a, it's a um, organization that's focused on executive women. And through that program, they do assign you a core group. And as part of my organization's strategy in supporting women executives, we invested um, a tremendous amount of resources in getting memberships for our executive female leaders in the organization. And I've just gotten so much positive feedback. The women are broken up into core groups where they have a coach facilitator. And again, very similar to Next Up, but these women get together and they talk about their shared experiences, their shared challenges. There's abilities for coaching assignments, separate coaching engagements. And then there's also development that women can engage in that they make it convenient. One of the key things of all these programs, it's convenient, mm -hmm. you know, so if you're at home and you're not able to participate in an in-person event, 
Chief offers next up offers opportunities to participate in coaching engagements and development opportunities um, virtually or in person. And so that supports that flexibility need that we haven't always had. Through those organizations, how have the conversations and kind of the tools that are made available through those um, through the, through those organizations changed or maybe shifted focus over the you know past two years or or have they? Yeah, you know, I would say through through the years that I have been a coach, the conversations, I you know, I think we all have seen this in the workplace. You know, my earlier conversations in, in coaching, a lot of it was focused on work, right? Uh, when I, was, I became a Gallup Strengths coach, a certified coach, a lot of the discussions were on strengths and how I leveraged those strengths at work. And we would often get in time you know, into to discussions about how those strengths play out in your involvement in other organizations or with your relationships you know, in, in other organizations outside work. I would say that the coaching discussions that I have now um, in, in, in over the last couple of years, there's this, you know, there's, there's this blend of what people have going on outside of work, right? That interferes sometimes with an, or, or potentially causes someone to think about, you know, what they're doing in their career, what they're doing in their lives. And so um, the discussions are a lot more holistic, I think, about that whole person experience and what they're going through because they're no longer separate. And, you know, I, I, <laughs> my early parts of my career, you know, I was always encouraged keep work at work and home at home. That yeah. is not the case anymore, right? It, it, it's, it's blended. We see that. And so that comes into those coaching discussions. And I don't think that's unexpected. And I actually think it's a good thing because sometimes things that happen outside of work impact your ability to make progress on things that maybe you want to make progress on or, or changes in or reevaluate. I agree. And I, I actually... I Although there's been some like difficulties along this, your work life and your home life aren't so separate anymore, your work life and your personal life. I don't know. I feel like it's it's a good thing. It's allowed me even to sort of look more at just work as like a part of life. It's not just a separate thing. It's all rolled right. into, you know, you as a person and, and what you enjoy and what you do spend your day to day on. So I think that's been an interesting change over the last two years, but not an unwelcome one, I don't think. No, no. And and in fact, you know, a lot of the coaching discussions I have when I'm talking with a coachee and, and he or she is thinking about the areas they want to focus on, their their family, their friends, or their support system. You know, when you ask them, when I ask, you know, who do you have to support you? You know, what what are your different options? You're no longer just pulling into your toolbox of coworkers, right? Your your family, your your friends, your colleagues, your network. Those are all people that um, can help you support your coaching objectives. You know what you want out of that coaching relationship, which is really driven by by the person you're coaching, not your objectives, but what but what that person in front of you, you know wants out of that, that discussion or discussions. Absolutely. Um, ha, have you personally leveraged coaching along your career journey and, and how so? 
Yes, and, and I still do. And I, I, it's, it's funny that, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I, I feel like coaches, you constantly learn from others. So I have a lot of friends and, and, and colleagues that are coaches. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, if you're a coach and you know the right way to kind of be introspective and think about things, having a coach someone that you can go to that you can trust to ask you questions and help you get to those 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 answers or help create clarity for you so i've continued to leverage coaches throughout my career and i would say most recently i participated in a great program berkeley's executive coaching and uh, oh my goodness i you know i've been coaching since gosh you know 2000 whatever you know it, it, early 2000s and all of a sudden i'm attending a new program and, and more tools in my toolbox different perspectives and and i'm working with a coach now to help me refine areas I can be a better coach. And so I got a lot out of that program. So um, I think a good coach practices what he or she preaches yeah. um, that, you know, you need to be focused on continuous learning yourself. And I look at it as toolboxes, <laughs> you know, I pick up different things from different people and that's how you develop your coaching style. So uh, my next question, this one came out of, I, I was doing a little bit of reading prior to our podcast taping, and I read about someone, they were talking about how you differentiate coaching from other quote unquote helping professions, such as mentoring, training, or even therapy. Mm -hmm. What, you know, what do you think makes coaching unique? And do you think, wh where do you have to kind of set boundaries in being a coach? So I think it's really important. Um, any coaches I've ever worked with, the best coaches I work with, a practice that I, I engage in with all of my coaching relationships is, is really establishing mutual expectations, right? And, and putting boundaries in place and explaining to the person that you're coaching what is coaching um, and what coaching isn't. Right. And then under uh, taking time to understand from the person you're coaching what their expectations are. I think that that is a good start of any coaching relationship. You know, also understanding and sometimes the, the person that you're coaching may not know what this is, but what are they trying to accomplish? What are their goals? And so, you know, setting those foundational components up early in the relationship are really, really important. I have, sometimes I have to say I'm in a mentoring mode versus a coaching mode versus an advisory mode. You need to know what lane you're in, right? Um, a coach, a coach is somebody that provides guidance. And, and I guess how I would describe it is it's high ask, low tell you should be doing less talking. <laughs> what you're trying to focus on is, is self-discovery. You're asking questions and helping the individual that you're coaching come up with his or her own answers. And, and so a good coach is somebody that is a good listener. It's somebody that is able to identify 
you know, what is in that, that individual, the person you're coaching is their heart, their mind, and what's important to them and, and, and respecting that. Um, you know, I think about mentoring and, and I'm a mentor to a lot of people. I have some mentoring relationships and, and mentoring is really, um, and, and I'm sure you've had lots of great mentors. I had so many good mentors at United. I keep, I keep going back to my mentors at United that really, really pushed me, but there's someone that, you know, will share their knowledge, their skills and experience to help someone learn and grow. And then sometimes that does include some coaching, but it's not a formalized necessarily coaching relationship. And so that's, that's really the difference between a mentor and coach. And sometimes I'm going to tell you, I have to say, Ooh, I'm in the advising mode. Like again, a, a, a true coach you know, is somebody that's asking probing questions, they're leveraging active listening without judgment, they're really there to help that coachee discover and come up with their answers. Sometimes I'm tempted with all that experience from working in HR, working in different parts of the business, sometimes in the back of your head, and, and, and I've got strategies, but sometimes in the back of your head, you're like, oh, you need to do this, you need to advise, but that, you know what, the ownership really happens when that discovery happens with, with that, that coaches. So I know that's a long answer. Some of the other areas that I have been really focused on and continue to focus on is, you know, making sure as a coach, you know, I'm paying attention. Again, I mentioned earlier, what has heart and meaning to that person I'm talking with that, that coachy, you know, you have to also be comfortable telling the truth without, you know, blame or judgment, just ask questions, that curiosity. And then one of the things I, I continue to focus on, because I am an action oriented person and you know, is, is being open to the outcomes of that coaching relationship, but not attached to them. Because at the end of the day, that person that you're coaching owns it. You don't own it. The coachee owns it. Yeah. Does that, does that differentiate a little bit between a mentor and advisor, somebody that's maybe giving advice and then a coach that's really focused on that individual and helping them with self-discovery. And, and you can use different elements that know what lane you're in. Yeah, I think so. I think too, that what stands out for me is that that importance of listening as a coach um, and being there to coach them to their own self-realizations and whatnot. But um, that I think that, that it's the power of listening that stands out a lot for me. Um, yeah, I, I was gonna say, I think you're what you're what that is absolutely critical. And if you're modeling it really well, if you're modeling the listening and you're modeling the probing questions, you know, if you're working with managers, hopefully they can pick some of that out and they can leverage that with their own team members. So I, my next question is it's a little bit of a longer question, so bear with me. Um, but I read in a recent Forbes article that while many professional associations have seen declines in their membership in recent years, um, the International Coaching Federation experienced pretty substantial growth in 2021, reaching more than 50,000 members in 156 countries. And their CEO, Magdalena Mook, said coaching empowers, and we all need we all needed that to just survive, let alone thrive in the past couple of years. So 
my question is, do you think that this growth will continue beyond the pandemic, sort of this growth in coaching? Um, and how have you personally seen coaching empower people these past few years? So yes, I, I read that article as well, and I wholeheartedly agree with the research, and some of it's anecdotal. I can tell you that among my network of HR executives, chief learning officers, chief talent officers, that I have seen more and more of my colleagues gravitate towards coaching. Many of them have years and years and years of business experience, right? And I mentioned to you earlier in the discussion, coaching can be very fulfilling. It, it you know, the, the light that you get, the fulfillment that you get from helping someone, asking questions, helping them achieve what they want out of that relationship and those goals it's fulfilling. And so I think it's a way to fill people's buckets. And I think that it, it, it doesn't surprise me that people are gravitating towards it. Number one, I think there's a need. I think too much, as I mentioned earlier, of coaching has been focused on executives and, and, and higher levels. And I think, you know, companies are beginning to realize that coaching is valuable at all levels in the organization. You know, I mentioned earlier, we had coaches when we were younger. We had coaches in college or counselors that helped us ask questions around our career preferences. And, you know, at, at V, um, you know, prior to the pandemic, we were, for our management development participants, our frontline employees that desire to become leaders, we invested in strengths coaching for all of them. They took a, an assessment. They've, they went through coaching sessions with a professional coach. And I can tell you that that impact and interest of that, you know, for, for that employee, knowing that the company's invested in them, cares about them, and cares about the whole person makes such a difference. So that doesn't surprise me. Um, and it doesn't, and, and the ROI on that, you should be able to see that in levels of engagement, commitment. Um, you should be able to see that investment in coaching show up in your, your employee engagement results and, and, and the tenure of your employees. So I expect that more and more companies will continue to invest in coaching. And it doesn't have to be just HR people. It doesn't have to be learning people. Some of the best coaches that I've had on my teams and at V and other companies are those that are outside of those practices that are just, they have great uh, natural competency or natural talents and investing in a coaching program where they learn some of the techniques with coaching, some of the ways in which to to uh, practice coaching, those investments have a large payoff. So you had you said it was a long answer. I probably gave you a long answer back, but I think that's going to continue. And as as companies just see the benefit, and again, talent shortage, you know, we we have to be there to support employees at all levels in the organization, not just executives. Oh, it was a, not a long answer at all. And it actually covered what, you know, I, what my next question was, which was about, you know, what type of ROI can organizations expect by investing in a coaching culture? To sort of wrap 
things up, I'd just love to know. And I think that a lot of this you've more or less already said, or it comes through and, you know, the way that you talk about coaching, but what do you love about coaching so much? Like, why does it, why are you so passionate about it? And why does it give you, um, I guess, such great joy? I, the, gosh, it gives me, I can tell when I have a day and I have filled part of my day with coaching, the way I feel internally after I've had a coaching session with someone, and I always ask for feedback. I think that's really important. A good coach, what's worked well for you? What could I do differently? But the results I see from those that I have the honor of coaching, you know, I have I have colleagues that have coached years ago that will reach out to me on LinkedIn or email or call me and say, gosh, that coaching moment that you had with me or those coaching engagements you had with me over the years, this is where I'm at. You may, you know, you helped me realize things I didn't know I had in me. And that's because of those questions. And that's so fulfilling to see people realize personal and professional successes. And you just get so much joy out of that. And so I've seen that over the years and I just feel differently. I feel differently about the work I do when I coach, about my contributions. And like I said, I I engage in coaching relationships pro bono because I believe in, in the power of coaching and giving back to others. And I feel like I've had so many people in my career from, you know, my, my career at United, my career in financial services, my career at V, I've had so many people mentor and coach and invest in me. And to take that business experience I've had in different areas and that coaching experience and give back, it's just so fulfilling. It really makes you feel like you make a difference. Before we wrap up, Judy, do you, do you have anything else that you'd like to add before we hop off today? Ashley, thank you so much for this opportunity today to speak with Chief Learning Officer. And I really, really enjoyed our discussion. And I especially uh, want to express my gratitude for the opportunity to highlight the importance of, of coaching in organizations and and extending it to all levels. Um, I know all of us right now are are trying to think about all the different ways to attract and retain talent. And it's my belief, and I know it's not just my belief, that coaching plays an enormous role of attracting, retaining, and developing talent. So um, thank you so much again for your time today. I appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Likewise, it's been wonderful to catch up to catch up with you. Um, and we just really appreciate you joining us for this conversation today. So we're excited for the next time you can hop on the podcast as well. <laughs> okay, have a great evening. Thank you, you too. And to everyone listening at home, thank you so much for joining us today on Voices of CLO. From all of us here at Chief Learning Officer, we look forward to catching up with you soon. Um, And I invite you to check out our additional new podcast, The Talent Lab, uh, which is the podcast of our sister publication, Talent Management. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon. 